0: I up there in He came back now. The microphone's weird. Uh, but it says that when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at the same. And he went away grieved. For he had great possessions. And he went away grieved. For he had great possessions. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these few minutes that we have together. We thank you for the ability to worship and to lift our hands to heaven in the presence of your people. Lord, we thank you for the joy that comes in the morning of knowing you. Lord, help us to have a clear vision this year of what it means to be saved. Lord, let us be able to give the gospel that men may come to you. That if they their lives are changed in no other way but through the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us learn to tell this story. In a way that men might come to you and hear the gospel and be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Those who believe sin. Amen. So you get this idea. Here's this guy that comes running to Jesus. And you get, you know, I don't know if you've been doing this very long, but you'll find people coming in all different manner and ways to Christ. I've had all types of experiences in 35 years of men and women coming to Jesus Christ. I remember a guy that I've been witnessing to in the world. And one day he actually told me that he received Jesus. He said the sinner's prayer. We were, we were somewhere in Gettysburg and we got outside the road and said the sinner's prayer. And he said, I, I, You know, I really want to follow Christ. I want to follow Jesus. And and so I did the thing that we usually do. We ask him to repent of his sin. He said the prayer. But see, I don't know his heart. I don't know what was in his heart. I don't know what was in his mind. So I tell them what God says Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from sin. And if you're aware of your sin, y'all know that your sin is going to send you to hell. That your sin, the problem with your sin is not that you're having this bad life. The problem with your sin isn't that you have struggles that you cannot overcome. The problem with your sin is your sin is a symptom of a disease in your life. And if you die in the shape that you're in, that you're going to spend eternity in hell. You're going to spend eternity in hell where the worm never dies. And the thirst is never quenched. And so there is a place of suffering that far exceeds the suffering in this world. But your, the, the, the symptoms of your sin is trying to tell you to wake up. That you have to have some help. You can't leave this earth like you are. If you die in your sin, then you die lost. The Bible says, Jesus said, I did not come to call the righteous. But I have to come to call sinners to repentance. Amen. The sole goal of the gospel is to call sinners to repentance. If you can get men and women to repent, their problems will be solved. If you can get men and women to repent, they will have a counselor that lives inside their heart. Amen. If you can get men and women to repent, then you'll have someone who can monitor the things that they buy and the places they go and the things they watch. If you can get men to repent and come to Christ, then men will be saved. Amen. But men come. And this man that I was talking about goes, this is what we do. We want to see men and women come to Christ. That's my goal. My goal is not to make your life better. I pray it does. I pray you become a better dad. You ought to be. You ought to be a better person than you were yesterday. That is the goal. And the gospel does that to you. But my goal is to get you to know Jesus Christ. Then my goal is to build you up in Christ and make you as a believer able to stand. To show you the things that your faith will do. That's my job as a pastor. But outside of that, to preach the gospel to the lost. We preach the gospel to the lost in the world. The church is for people that are saved. Can anybody say amen? Amen. The church is for people who have been born again. The church is for people who know Jesus Christ. We bring people here to get them saved as well. We bring people here because we want them to know Jesus. We want them to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we also preach the gospel here. So The man I was talking about, he came to me. One day he's driving on my drive, and I'll never forget it. And he's pulled up his truck. He slams his trucking gear in part. And he gets out, and he's got a towel. And he starts taking his shirt off. And I thought, they strip it down in my front yard. And so he runs to the pond. He said, are you ready to baptize me? What an amazing way. To say somebody got saved. This guy did all the things that you think people ought to do. <clears throat> but yet, like, when he come up out of the water, there's never been any change in his life. He came running. He came saying the right things. But since that day, he has never stopped shacking up with women in sin. He's never stopped doing the things he's done in the evening time that he's always <laughs> done his whole life. Nothing in his life has ever changed. So he can come in all the right ways. You can go down in the right water, never come up to having the right gospel in your heart. So I want to tell you this morning, the gospel changes you. And Jesus never left that part out. Can anybody say amen? Amen. The gospel changes you, and Jesus never left that part out because the gospel is what you need. The gospel is what people need in their lives. It's not a fancy building. It's not a fancy church. It's not a great preacher. You need more than anything in your life. You need the power of the gospel. Amen. This man came to Jesus Christ. This man came running. Look at the way he came. This man came running. He was in a hurry. Can anybody say amen? He wasn't that one waiting at the house and waiting until that last minute and swatting in. No, he was the first person there. He was running. He was in a hurry to get to Jesus because he felt the need in his life. I don't know at what age you are, but at some place when your people start passing around you, you begin to see that you're, an immortal, you're immortal here. When your mothers and your fathers and your sons and daughters and brothers and sisters start passing around you, you realize that you also are going to pass too. Something happened in my life in my 40s. I realized, look, I am going to leave and go the way of all the men of the earth, I'm going to die. But I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I know that when I die, that my soul is fixed. I know that when I die, God God had promised me and he gave me the down payment of this, uh, this wonderful thing called heaven in my heart, it's called the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so it's not how you come running or how you come sliding. You know, this man came running to Jesus and he was really excited to come. And he wanted to know what you must do to have eternal life. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, you can't do anything. Amen. The Bible says you are saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. It's the gift of God that any man should most. The Bible says that grace must have its perfect work in your life. It's not a play on words. It really isn't. You cannot save yourself. You cannot keep yourself saved. It it takes the power of God to save you. It takes the power of God to keep you. But the problem is, is the way that people come. The problem is, is the way that people come. If you come to the gospel, and you're wanting anything other than Jesus, you're going to be in trouble. God is not going to give you all the things you want without giving He Himself first. Amen. There's something that Jesus does here that's left out of most presentations of the gospel. There's something that people are ashamed of. Look, Jesus wasn't ashamed to tell people that you have to give it all up and follow him. Amen. 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 This man came running. This man could feel the need of salvation. This was a religious person. He had kept the commandments all his life since the days he was a little boy. He wasn't out drinking. He wasn't out carousing. He wasn't out buying and selling and doing wrong. No, he was—he was a godly, uh, had a form of godliness. He was in the synagogue or in the temple when the doors were open. He come from good people. He had the right family. He had the right words, and he was at the right person. He was at the feet of the Son of God, the only person in the universe that could save him. He, he was at his feet, so he came to the right person. Amen. I see a lot of people come <clears throat> running. I've seen a lot of people come crying. I've seen a lot of people come saying that they're having a lot of problems and needs. But it isn't how you come. It's who you listen to. The gospel demands that you change. The gospel demands you give up your life in order to get God's life. The gospel demands that you take your life and throw it away and take the life that Jesus has to offer you. That's what the gospel demands. Well, see, he came running. He comes with a good attitude. Look, this guy was clean. Look, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the person in the the upper part of society are sinners just like the people down in the gutters. There's just as much sin in the rich house as there is in the poor house. There's just as much sin in the the person in the college university as there is in the drug addict that's living in the ghetto this morning. The sin is the same. Now, the consequences are different. The consequences are different, therefore, that's what's happened in the house of God. People think because their consequences are less than they must be saved. They think because their consequences have changed that they must be saved. No, to be saved is to know God, to know Jesus, to give it all. This guy came running, this guy came kneeling for goodness sake. He came and laid his life before the Master, called him Good Master. What do I want to have eternal life. I want to live forever. Let me tell you what. You are going to live forever. I wish Jesus would have said this. He says it elsewhere. You are going to live forever. Amen. But you're not going to live forever in heaven unless you're saved. Amen. You never realize how hard it is down here, really? I think that me and Brother Johnny knows how hard it is down here. Amen. <laughs> His path has kind of taken my path here lately. It's crazy to watch. Watch me and Amy first got married. It seemed like I had a lot of stuff. It was easy before I got married. All of a sudden, my vehicles are breaking down. I remember taking an old car, putting them up out of an old car, and then you get another car. I remember driving around with, man, I'm serving God. I'm I'm doing everything I can. I'm not in sin. I'm not getting drunk. I'm not adulterating, fornicating. Man, life is really hard, but life is really good, if that makes any sense. See, like the harder life got (laughs) on the outside, the better life got on the inside. But see, I see people's situations different. I see them having plenty of this and plenty of that. I see their lives progressing. But they're still making the same decisions that put them back where they were. And I see, you know what, something's wrong. Something's definitely wrong in the heart of some people. And they're so prideful, they're not going to say, hey, I've got it wrong. I took the wrong road. But I'm on this interstate. It doesn't matter it's headed to New Orleans. I'm gonna, I want to go to Tennessee, but I'm headed to New Orleans and I got so much pride in my heart that I'm not going to get off the interstate. I don't want anybody to know I took the wrong road. Has anybody uh, ever been in the car with somebody like that? Amen. <laughs> Thank God I have never been in the car with anybody like that. You row with me? Huh? <laughs> Miss Amy probably has. <laughs> so prideful, you won't say I took the wrong road. I promised y'all one time it took us 45 minutes to get back on Interstate 40 in Tulsa. It was crazy how long it took me to get on 40. That crazy GPS, I kept listening to that thing. Circle back, circle back, reroute, 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 reroute. And he said, are you lost? I said, no, I'm not lost. (laughs) I had so much pride, I didn't want to tell her, look, you know, I told y'all a story one time. Uh, Rusty was with us. I think it was Rusty with us one time. Maybe it was Rusty. <clears throat> we were headed to Colorado and we we, we took a road and I don't know if he was with us or not. We, somebody wanted to go by and see the Dallas Cowboys football stadium. Craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, <gee. clears throat> so we're going down the road and we're taking 35W, you know, and you're thinking that's west. Hey, don't think 35W <laughs> is <whips>. Amen. <laughs> And we tell a guy that we want to go west, and he tells, you no, know, everybody tells us all kind of stuff. And we stop at this place finally, and we get off the interstate and stop at this place, and there's a guy that spoke no English. No English. And he told me how to get to the interstate. He said, well, yeah, he pointed. Me. I said, well, he's going the opposite way. How do we go south to go west. I said, I don't care where we're going there, then So we had, a bad day. had to happen. We to drop our pride. To ask a guy who didn't speak English for directions. <laughs> to get on the interstate and go south and go west. Sometimes you gotta do that. Sometimes it's really strange in this life. There's so much there's so much garbage out here. Okay. There's so much I call it Facebook religion out because that's what most people have. Amen. Their life is a bunch of means. God's got this, God's under control, and they're just struggling. They just struggle with everything. their lives is a total struggle, but on Facebook, man, it's like woo the scenes, I'm on the phone with them nine out of ten times. They got all these problems and struggles that should have let go of ten years ago. But on Facebook, look at me. got my big God. Right beside my big beer, my big pot, my big peel, Uh-oh. My big adultery, my big whatever. No, well, look, God wants more than that out of you. Can anybody say amen? Amen. If you, cancel your Facebook page. don't free stuff. Look, the Bible says he came running, he came kneeling, he came asking, and that's the right place to be, man. When you get there, that's the right place to be. Man, God, what, what I need to do? Have you ever stood before God and said, God, what do I need to do? And said ask the preacher, have you ever just stood before God and said, God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I need to you ask God and he'll show you what you need to do. Amen. Because there's something you're not doing. There's something you should have been doing by now. <laughs> People say, brother, we keep having problems. You know why you keep having problems? It's because you're doing it yourself. Dead people don't have problems. <laughs> dead people don't complain. Come on now, somebody say amen. You're right, amen. You hear my voice? It's hard. <clears throat> dead people don't have problems. Dead people don't look. We're dead in Christ. He lives in us. We're the ones that's the doormats. We're the ones getting run over. We're the ones laying our lives down for the gospel. We're not having problems and struggles. It's the people on their feet that's standing that's having the issues. He said, Lord, what do I need to do? God, please show me what I need to do. And Jesus tells him, He said, Look, and he lays out all oh, the second table of commandments dealing with people. He doesn't, you know, he don't, he doesn't, he don't put the first table on the table. He puts one out there, and this guy thinks he's really good at it. Isn't that awesome? He said, Oh, I've done that. I've honored mom and dad. I, I've done all the things to my brother. I hadn't coveted. I've been really good. Oh, I'm so awesome. He's just when he's feeling really good about himself. See, you'll never feel good about yourself when you come to Jesus the first time. Amen. And Amen. no matter if it don't matter, it doesn't no, It doesn't matter who you are, what you've accomplished. I, I, I had a text from one of, my, one of my first mentors when I got saved, Johnny Tatum the other day. And he's at the other end of the, of the spectrum economically that I am. And he texts me on Thanksgiving Day. He said, I just want you to know that I considered you one of my three best friends in the whole world. I went, wow. Three of us? And all the spectrum he's come from, he said, I consider you one of my three best friends. I'm like, wow, man, that's awesome. The money doesn't matter, and the political thing doesn't matter, and the age doesn't matter, and all the people he's known, he knows thousands of people. He said, I look at your heart, and I want to do, he said, I, I wish I had a thousand men that want to do what you want to do, and that see people get saved still. See, some people are just content with teaching people, and making buildings, and parking lots, and, and, and having these nice little committees and meetings. Some of us still want to see people get saved. Amen. We want a collection of lost people that's rubbing each other's spiritual backs and talking about how good we are. Look, this thing is burning to the ground, in the fields of the white for harvest. And no one, no one, no one's preaching and teaching because we're worried about our 401k and we're worried about our grandchildren. If you're my age, and by the way, we got number eleven in the oven somewhere in Texas. Amen. Our grandchildren are multiplying. Some of them are living with us still. I think some of them are going back later somewhere else. Maybe hopefully. It looks good on the horizon, but we got to, we got some reinforcements that are coming up that rear. Amen. One thing God does, He never lets you run out of what you need. Amen. Amen. If you've been doing something good, God's gonna keep it coming. So him we might start getting really bad at this. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> look, you, when you look, it's sad, man. It's really sad when it happens here. This is sad. Look, I'm trying to help you this morning. Look, this is the key to your life. This is the key to what we do. Here's the problem. We get in this world. God saved you from this crazy place, this insane place. You can look around and look. Some of you know I'm talking directly to you this morning. Everybody around you is just crazy. Everybody, where are you going? I'm still standing. Well, there's a reason you're still standing. There's a reason. that has nothing to do with you. It has to do with God himself. And you may be still reaching and grabbing and dibbling and dabbling. I call, I call it sin. Amen? Fiddling with sin. you will come out with your grandchildren, your children. you will come out with your friends and your brothers and your sisters. You're, you'll be in heaven. You left the legacy of sin behind. And somebody will deal with the problems that you dealt with your children, grandchildren. He said, You know what to do. He said, I've got all these guys. He said, I've got this. The Bible says Jesus looked at him, he loved him. The, other Bible, the Bible says that when Jesus looked at Judas, he loved him. Do you know that? Amen. Amen. If you look at when he said he loved Judas, <coughs> Judas saved the bread too. Judas I mean, he loved him. Jesus looked at him, behold Judas, he loved him. Look, <clears throat> God doesn't want to see anyone perish. Jesus is not trying to put people in hell. He didn't come to put people in hell. He came to save people that already Amen. headed to hell. Amen. See, it doesn't matter if you come from a socioeconomic class that are great or small. It doesn't matter if you come from any ethnic background. It doesn't matter where you're where you're from. The problem is when you came out of your mother's womb, you're a sinner at conception, and that you were lost on your way to hell. And somewhere God woke you up on this journey. Amen. And someone told you that they're trying to they're trying to trick you. The devil will snooze you. He wants to make you sell out for something silly and foolish. And that's why you struggled your whole life. Why do I keep struggling? You're still settling. You're still settling. If you're saved and you're struggling, you're settling. You're settling. There's a greater way to live. You just sit out for Jesus, watch the struggling stop. It's over. It's over. You, they can't hurt you anymore. They can't offend you anymore. They can't make you mad anymore. They can't hurt your family. You can't hurt dead people. You're dead in Christ. And you're alive. God is inside of you alive. They can't hurt you anymore. She can't. He can't. They can't. The world can't. Because it has no place in you. Jesus says you still have like something. Huh? Go sell everything you got and give it to the poor. Get rid of it. You know, I don't know what part of this offended this guy. It might have been the part of selling, giving them people don't matter. It might have been that part right there. I ain't taking what I got and giving them some sorry, no goods, whatever. Let me tell you what, it's not us and them, it's us, amen? amen. It ain't them people, it's all us together. We're just, we're just people together. We're in this slot pile of humanity together. Sin came from Adam. That's the one man sin entered the world. In death by sin. For all that sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in this together. And all of us are in need. I don't know what offended him. Something happened. He came running. He came falling. He came crying. He came asking. But he came sure himself. He had something he felt good about. There was that part of him he felt good about. And there was a lot of him he didn't want to give up. And you know what happened to him? The Bible says he went away sad. He went away sad. He went away heartbroken. He went away lost. And forever you can hear his story in eternity. If you're unfortunate enough to go to hell, you'll hear his story in eternity. You hear him screaming, I wish I would have given up. Forever you hear his story in eternity, that drug, that alcohol, that relationship wasn't worth it. Forever you hear that story in eternity, the job was not worth it. Forever you hear his story in eternity, the crying and intense pain. All the day that I would have given my life, all the day that I would have only stopped, all the day when the preacher was crying and begging and pushing and pressing upon my heart, all that day if I'd only given up that day, I didn't know that truck would run the stoplight. I didn't know that thing inside of my head was going to burst. We went to the doctor the other day and they told my wife she had had a stroke. We went home. She said, when I have a stroke? I didn't know it. Doctor says, you don't always know when yeah, you have a stroke. <laughs> you see, you just lucky it was in a part of the brain you don't use. What part of your brain don't you use? We got a lot of it we don't use. Amen. My, 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 my. You ever wonder why that brain's so big? You don't use this it? because some of them are gonna have strokes. No. Well, what's the difference if mean, it went across that way? Went across that way. We don't even know when she had the stroke. And we said, and so when she so when I talking to the doctor, I said, "Can she have another stroke?" He goes, "Yeah, she can have another stroke." What caused it? We don't know what caused it thinking, man, I put a lot of pressure on her Years, and i be me. <laughs> I may be the stroke builder, huh? It ain't promised. I picked up her all the time, he's picking it her all the time, I said, if I die, when I die, I'm, I'm gonna take care of yourself, she'll be able to get you another fella when I move on. So her kids, you know, she's like, nah, after I've had you, I don't ever want another man. That ain't how she says anything.
1: Can I change the tone of
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't promised. You know, I've used Brother Joe as an example for years. He's probably the most loyal man I've ever known. Brother Danny's pretty loyal to me. Brother Joe was very loyal to me as a pastor. He could bless me out. He's the only man I ever know that could tell me about myself. It hug me at the same time. He was not afraid of me. Well, he was loyal to me. He was loyal to this place he was a man. At 58 years old, he was cut and ripped like a, like a bodybuilder. He let his hair down, he thought he was Fabio. I'm gonna throw one day and his hair down, he had a ponytail, man, he had hair out like this. I'm like, who's the woman in the house with no shirt on? He and ripped, and one day he was here, and the next day he was gone. One day he was healthy, the next day he's got here. You don't ever know when you're gonna quit thinking. I cried too the other day, Miss Tammy, when you took your mom to the, to the place. When I heard you cry, I cried. I didn't I didn't tell you that, but I cried too. You don't ever know when you think your last good thought. You don't know when you can't think anymore. I thought when you done that I was thinking of my wife. I said they come today I have to tire out in the bar or something. But it's a man a woman cave out there, a man a woman ship or something I'm out there, tire her out there her mind goes crazier than it is. <laughs> <laughs> My voice sounds like digging, Jordan Peters He's digging a hole, eh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Your made okay. though, yeah. your, your promise of tomorrow, You promised. Forever and eternity, I can hear him for, I, forever. and eternity, I can hear But y'all think about the stuff that us family, let's, let's, those of us are family, we got families in here that have some children that are wavering. Well, we got a lot of children that's well, we that This generation, everybody does. They're in game like this too, let me tell you, they have the same problems in Cambridge. We I mean, the only church is half empty, half full anymore, whatever you call it, since COVID. It was a what happened to you people. Well, same thing happened to everybody else's people. They're out there in sin. They're laying in sin. They're in fear. Anytime you get in fear, you're going, anytime you be afraid, you're going to fall into sin. That's right. Christians can't be afraid. Any Christian falls into fear, you're going to start sinning. I don't care who you are. Fear makes you sin. That's hard. You won't get tomorrow. You won't even get today. So for every eternity, he's crying out because he wanted to keep something. I know people that have given their souls for cans of beer and cans of whiskey, and, and, and they used to sell it in cans. I'm old bottles of whiskey and and and. and, and Pornography and, and TV shows and music styles of music. There's people that in hell that for years they go right in hell, screaming in hell because they wanted to hear uh, uh, Wayland Jennings or or, or, or uh, whatever that guy smokes all the pot that sounds crazy. He can't really sing, but people love him. It's unbelievable. He's up here and I am. That's why he grows the beard. Willie, what's his name? I got my name. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, Nelson. oh, I love Willie. Shame on you. All the people like notice <clears throat> they did it their way. You better wake up and smell the coffee, that's garbage. Well, you, you, y'all, you that were cursed rap music, you have to cuss that stuff too. It's all cursed with a curse. It talks about getting drunk and stoned and murdering and stealing. Look, it's crazy. Don't pour this into your kids and grandkids. I beg you. I'm going to see Toby Keith. Well, watch your grandchildren go see uh, Alice Cooper or something? What's the what's spark in your life? It becomes a wildfire in there? Amen. Your movies and their movies. You can't watch it, they shouldn't be. If they can't watch it, you shouldn't be able to watch it. Can anybody say amen? Amen. What's wrong with the church of God? we got our entertainment their entertainment. Nobody's willing to die to themselves. I'd rather sit in the house and do this. Hear me cuss on my television set. Well, that's all this on. Cut it off. That's the crazy statement. That's all this on. If you want your TV to cuss, call me to your house. Watch it cuss. Ask my wife. We've been doing it for 27 years, i walk in, click, it goes off. I was watching other that walked in, and she that's the first cuss word, and I said, that's the last one. <laughs> Keep her in the gate. It's okay, cuss me, get mad, whatever you want, I'm not listening to me cuss in my house. I'm not gonna watch anybody get naked in my house, I'm not gonna watch somebody cuss my house, and they ain't gonna fight much in my house, amen? don't you know, see that silly stuff with them people taking the guns from people. Don't ever try that. <laughs> <laughs> don't try that stupid stuff. That's, that's Hollywood dumb stuff.